0: Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career, on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome, I'm glad you joined us today for a very uh, vivacious, uh, uh, fun conversation about energy and sustainability, and uh, with two guests who are, I I guess I can't describe them other than by saying that they are a warehouse of information about the subject, and they'll have a chance to share some of it with you. First of all, uh, we have Janine Vanell who is the executive director of Leaders in Energy. Uh it's a global network advancing uh clean energy and sustainability uh solutions. And uh prior to uh, founding Leaders in Energy, she provided uh strategic uh planning, programming, management, consulting for federal agencies like the Department of Energy, uh Department of Agriculture, uh, US aid, et cetera. And, uh, and uh, all. by the way, at IBM, she was at IBM, she's contributed to Smarter Cities, uh, Smarter Planets, uh, Smarter Cities, which you have heard about, I'm sure, because uh, it got a lot of publicity when it, when it was done. Uh, uh, she serves on the board of the Association of Energy Engineers, uh, national Capital Area for Women in Energy and Environmental Leadership, and she has spearheaded a lot of extravagant uh, extravaganzas, including one with C W. Uh, she has a master's from the University of Wisconsin uh, Madison, and uh, she has a lot of uh, a lot of education and experience behind her name. And I'll give her a chance to explain all of that to you. And also, we have Beth Offenbacher. Uh, she is a, uh, an independent consultant, but she's also a partner and uh, works with Janine in uh, the Leaders in Energy uh, organization. So uh, they have a, a, a combined level of experience to far exceed our expectations anyway. Um, she, uh, Beth has... Uh, Worked for, uh, well, for 25 years in training and coaching and development. She's a trainer by training, I guess, right? Uh, Her portfolio includes uh, environmental stormwater, watershed, sewer, energy, land use, and I can go on and on, transportation. Uh, Her consulting experience includes projects completed for uh, private sector and uh, the public sector as well. Uh, she's a re- recipient of a numerous uh, awards, and I'll have her share some of those with you as well. Welcome, ladies. Glad to be Thank here. You. So, where shall we start? Um, can you? Uh, why don't you add? Can you? Well, first of all, can you add anything to your background, your your resumes that I didn't cover that you think are very important? I I hate to leave something out that should be in there. So I'll. Do you have anything you want to add to that background? It's just like seven pages.
1: (laughs) I guess one thing I could add, Cynthia, and thank you for asking, is um, my international experience as well, uh, because I think that just gives me a well-rounded perspective of a lot of uh, economic development issues that are occurring here, both in the United States as well as around the world. So I had been a U.S. uh, Foreign Service officer and had a chance also to live in two African countries. You were talking before we
0: uh, we, we recorded that uh, your husband is going to Micronesia.
1: Yes, um, I'm helping him to prepare for that, and and so interesting in terms of those island nations, what they're uh, encountering in terms of climate change, and uh, in certain cases, uh, limited resources, and needs to explore other economic livelihoods. And so I was looking at the green economy and some of the interests that these island nations have and how it sort of intersects and dovetails with uh, sustainable communities all around the world. That's very interesting because uh, a
0: global, uh, global climate is, uh, it, it is global because it is a global problem. And to think that you can go to one country and, and see the same problems and see the need for jobs, etc. It's it's an eye-opener, isn't it? It really is an
1: eye-opener, and I think we need a green army of people to address this. And who's going to pay for them is the question, right? <laughs> Minor little questions. Beth,
0: I want to add something to?
1: My... And I've got an answer for that. I'll follow no. along. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay well, we'll get back to you, <laughs> Val.
2: All right. I'm 100% with Janine that we need a Green Army. In fact, one thing I'd like to mention, and it's a it's a key piece of why I'm part of the leaders in energy community, is I really feel passionate about helping people take action on their own as well as organizations. So I'm a tree steward here in Arlington. We're What's a
0: tree steward? I saw oh, that. What I'm, does that mean? I'm so you glad tree, you asked. You hug a tree around and hug trees? <laughs> we do that. We do that. Absolutely.
2: Um, we're a volunteer corps of about 70 individuals of all ages and backgrounds here in Arlington and Alexandria who go out and do tree care, We advocate for trees and we educate people about trees. And so we just do this out of a passion and love for the environment and for our community. And it is it's exciting to see how how much the environment means to people and that there is this opportunity to make a contribution and and of course connect with others who who similarly share that vision. That's that's
0: the beginning of your Arby.
2: It is. It is. And so my involvement with Janine, certainly the HR side of, of the work that I do, which is all around people development, I like to say that I focus on helping organizations have a positive impact to marshal their people power in support of positive impact. And so knowing and I have a background working in the power industry, in addition to my environmental experience that you mentioned, when I met Janine and learned about the organization it just seemed to be a natural connection for us to work together knowing that we both care a Wait lot a second, about though, climate change can, and the can environment. Can you explain
0: power? Because I didn't mention power as part of your background. So how is power different or the same as uh, environmental issues?
2: You mean electric power?
1: Is that what you're talking I about? I know, or? But she's mentioned it. So mm-hmm. but, but yes. she mentioned it.
2: Uh, I used to work for Potomac Electric Power mm-hmm. Company about 20 years ago before their merger with Constellation. So I certainly have awareness of tree care issues, knowing that utility companies often are trimming trees mm-hmm. to ensure power reliability and other environmental aspects of, of the work that they do. And so while well, being part of the leaders in energy community and thinking about clean energy and, and good solutions that provide resilience and and support the needs of a community to be economically, socially, and
0: so their the power in in that sense, in that genre, is more community power. Is is the energy that you get to, to to drive you know drive houses and drive. I was thinking that it could be nuclear power. It could be any sort of power uh, at all. So and we've narrowed it down to uh, to to energy at, at lower power. And what was your answer
1: to growing an, an army? Well, you asked how would this be funded and uh, as part of preparing for this interview, I was just looking at some of the materials that were out there in terms of the importance of clean energy. And it really reminded me of just some of the larger ventures that our country is taken part of in in the past in terms of funding like the federal highway system and railroads and the moonshot and that sort of thing. I really feel that the challenges that we're up against are of that magnitude and offer these fantastic opportunities for the global energy marketplace, for the U.S. to be a leader in really driving the the green economy and green technology. So you asked who would pay for that. and I would say that I think part of it would be federal as well as local, possibly private partner public-private partnerships and that sort of arrangement as well. But um, this article that I was also looking at just said that we tend to, as a country, be behind some other countries because we don't really have a longer-term energy policy. And just, you know, how do we really plan for the future and get clean energy out in the forefront? How can the U.S. be a leader? Well, that seems uh, a little
0: bit... Uh, Uh, Ironic today, especially since we are in in an age of constant change and bickering and and continuing resolutions, and continuing resolution for environment means what? It means
1: just paying today what we can, and then hopefully tomorrow will be more money. Exactly. And that's the whole idea behind resilience in terms of Mm. trying to invest in infrastructure now uh, that can help us prepare for the future. Because if we don't, it's going to cost us a lot more in the long run. Yeah, it
0: doesn't seem to be in this administration's uh, priority list, does it? Do you see it as a priority? And I mean, we've seen what he, what the president has, uh, has asked for, for uh, infrastructure,
1: you know, I think you're absolutely right, Cynthia and that's one of the things that came up. we had a, a green career um, forum in in August and we had some of our speakers talking about the federal environment and how it's a very soft uh, job market mm-hmm. right now because of some of the cutbacks that we've been facing and uh, I just saw a headline two days ago about a cutback in uh, clean energy research uh, by the federal government that is being proposed so definitely uh, I Don't think it's going in the right direction. Uh, And we can only hope that there are a lot of other exciting initiatives out there like California in terms of uh, really trying to move ahead more on on a local and state level. I think that's what we're looking at right now. State
0: level, state activity than uh, federal activity. At
1: this current juncture, yeah. I think that's what we're looking at. Beth, would you sort of agree or what would you
2: I I would agree. And I think that the federal government is, certainly it seems this administration is really focusing on letting the market take the lead. And so we see a lot of innovation in green jobs. One in 84 jobs created is a green job. And so I think there are some really exciting things on the horizon. Um, I I, I think that the piece that that we try to emphasize in in the, for example, in the Green Career Workshop that Jeanine and I have been working on together through Leaders in Energy is helping people keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the green economy. And the green economy really covers four different sectors. It's nature, you know, natural resource management. Uh, It's creating demand, regulation, you know, nonprofits, what have you. The manufacturing cycle, the supply chain is the third one and the fourth one is the built environment thinking about homes and information technology and the building industry transportation that's the that comprises the fourth and so helping people really stay abreast of what's going on certainly on the federal level but there's a lot of dynamism I'd say in the market right now and to help people be prepared for those disruptions to understand what's going on and how they can take advantage of them in their own on their own career path
0: What do you mean by disruptions? I mean, I I would think that by by paying attention to what's going on, you are on top of the curve. You're, no, but what?
2: Well, you know, certainly there are a a lot of advances in terms of technology. Uh, There's a great report that recently came out from the World Economic Forum that, that talks about that. And so for people to be mindful of those disruptions as they're happening and to at least know who to talk with and where to go, and I think Janine, that's that's one of the key pieces that I'd say leaders in energy provides is that portal into what's current, what's coming, each of what's those happening areas, now.
1: In each of those four areas. Yes, absolutely. Well, and then I think, aren't
2: you also referring to kind
1: of the old economy versus the new economy? Yes. And uh, Norman Christopher, who Beth and I have had the opportunity to speak with, who has written this excellent book called Sustainability Demystified, they're really going ahead great guns in uh, western Michigan to have like these clusters of economic development in clean energy and uh, have just been talking to him about some of these developments in a new economy that we're facing. It's really, um, you talked about disruption, so 3D printing and Internet of Things and just uh, grid modernization, just a lot of changes happening in on the technology side as well as how we work and just shifts going on in that direction, a lot of sort of socioeconomic shifts as well as environmental impacts that I think will be affecting us. I mean, just those hurricanes that we had yeah. uh, last year. <clears throat> Uh, really spurred a lot of interest in our field in microgrid technologies, where you can have more Mm -hmm. decentralized technologies so that when a storm runs through, it doesn't kind of cascade through the whole system where everything is knocked out and you have more sort of self-standing islands of power. And I know that I think is going to really drive a lot of innovation along with battery storage. Uh, So a lot of really interesting technologies that are coming yeah, that I, you know, I, may uh, give people yeah. opportunities, and but which ones will they be? It's really you know that's what we're trying yeah, to help I, people decide. I attend the, uh, about
0: manufacturing organizations meetings in Maryland, and uh, there is a, a lot of talk about uh, clean energy, about sustainability, on top of the energy, uh, the uh, manufacturing issues. For example, they have a, a full full throttle effort to get uh, every every. Building, uh, clean uh, get certified and get uh, energy in that as, through as, the LEED program yeah. maybe
1: yeah the U.S. Uh, Green Building yeah. Council so program yeah that's, yes. that's
0: an, an initiative that started at the state level mm-hmm. and it uh, results in jobs and it results in jobs for Marylanders and uh, and uh, is that one of your examples with manufacturing and.
2: It is. Uh, and certainly Arlington has, has shown the way here in the Commonwealth of Virginia with recent passage of the CPACE program, which allows commercial property owners in the county to receive some funding assistance with financing those kinds of improvements that not only are they good for the occupants of the building and make the the property more valuable and and all of those kinds of good things, but it's also good for the environment, and so it just it shows a uh, a forward forward view that I think is is something that we're hoping we'll see more of here in the Commonwealth yeah, than elsewhere.
0: Do you see uh, the program under uh, the Vermont uh, Vermont company that?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, they were among the first to initiate that, and so the DC they, Sustainable Energy Utility. I think yeah. you're yes. referring
1: to, and they also had policy levels as well that had, um, I believe, there's some sort of surtax on uh, natural gas and electric bills that helps to fund um, that organization to the tune of, I believe, a um, 20 million a year or something like
2: that. So these are the kinds of issues that we talk about a lot, and so one thing that I we often don't talk enough about, and I think we're going to be talking more about, is not only helping people identify opportunities for their career in this field, or, you know, fields, if you will, under the umbrella of energy and sustainability, but also, uh, and this is a great example of the partnership that Leaders in Energy had with Potential Energy D.C., Helping to encourage people to think about opportunities for entrepreneurship where they can create their own job, where there's a gap in the marketplace, and they say, I have the ability. To address that, or I can get the people together who can do some exciting things. Can you give things. me some
1: examples where you see uh, see this playing out? Absolutely, and... we'd be happy to because one of the things we do is we um, do shout outs for our members who have not only found jobs but have created their own jobs. Really? And uh, at our last Green Jobs Forum, um, of the four people we had speaking, we had one person who started his own. Um, mm. I think it's battery storage. It's uh, an interesting way where he can kind of reduce peak load on power to reduce a, a bill for commercial buildings and that sort of thing. So he's developed his, this whole system. And I really admire him because I think he ended up getting a doctorate in electrical engineering. So he not only has those costs, you know, of going, being in school for so long and then to, you know, launch his own venture and everything. But um, as Beth mentioned, uh, we've collaborated with Potential Energy DC, where there are a number of people in this area that um, are are, uh, creating their their own jobs, and that organization helps provide the training for them in terms of Mm. of finance and just uh, kind of nuts and bolts on how to get a business off the ground. Oh, really? I didn't realize that was part of their, uh, their effort, their offering. But we really like to have that kind of collaboration in addition to kind of the traditional uh, route for people to find jobs, and Leaders in Energy has really helped people through um, them volunteering with our organization, uh, just helping us, and at the same time, we're helping them to build their resume, and uh, several people landed recently, uh, one in the uh, wetlands area in terms of his environmental planning uh, background with uh, water experience, and then um, another one at a, a consulting firm that does a lot of energy data analysis for U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, we had another um, person that just landed at a utility company. And another person is kind of an example. We talked about the gig economy, which mm-hmm. is another thing where mm-hmm. people are cobbling together a bunch of different jobs. And he uh, had written in articles actually on our blog on creating the ideal green job in a gig economy, where he basically is the uh, vice president of business development for a number of different companies and has put together a full-time job. So what does Uh, he say? What are the jobs in the gig economy? Well, what he's doing is um, he has, uh, one was a um, particular technology, you talked about buildings, Mm -hmm. where um, they could uh, use paint as an insulating um, uh, method for insulation. Uh, And I think he was also involved in uh, greenhouse-controlled agriculture. Controlled climate agriculture is something that we're hearing more about in terms of using grow lights and greenhouses and that sort of thing to augment the food supply. So those were two uh, industries that that he was in in terms of creating his own job. And I think he just recently landed something at a, a building company as well. So um, anyhow, there's just an example of different routes that people can take uh, yeah. to, to find a, a, a green job. And these people were at different career levels. Uh, one was, uh, two were the the two people I initially mentioned uh, were uh, early career. Uh, the utility person was more mid-career. Okay. So going back to summarize all, all that
0: you said about jobs, uh, where do you see a the greatest growth and the greatest need in this region uh, for our jobs in the green co- economy.
2: Well, I, I think some of the things that uh, Vivek Patel and Ascent Virginia is are, is starting to do, which is an it's a, which is a startup organization actually Wait, that began here what? in Arlington. Uh, it's called Ascent of Virginia, and it is a group of individuals who have come together around trying to identify how do we incorporate resilience and sustainability and create green jobs on a local level here in, in this region, but also statewide. So I think that's an exciting uh, example of the way a way that folks can get connected with the future wave of green job growth, I think organizations such as Vivex are, are really going to be the the future of, of this industry in so many ways.
1: And, you know, in Maryland, um, there is more development on offshore wind. Um, yeah. So that, that is one thing that has kind of crossed our radar as well in terms of uh, you asked about growth industries mm-hmm. and uh, also just before this uh, interview today uh, Indeed.com advertises quite a bit on various mm-hmm. uh, energy positions and I noticed a couple there including uh, Tesla, you know, which is the electric uh, vehicle manufacturer and, and how they're looking for someone in this area as well as FERC. I would say the federal government still, uh, even though there may be some cutbacks going on in research, I know there's still that regulatory aspect as well. So I'd seen an advertisement FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission uh, also had a position. The,
0: the, the policy and the regulations uh, are also you know, follow the money in some some industries, but you should follow the policies and the regulations in the energy, energy 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 industry to figure out where the jobs are. Don't you think?
2: Well, I think certainly that can can point the way, and certain and also in areas where regulation is being cut back. Uh, certainly, the macroeconomic dimension of this is is not my forte, but the market definitely responds to the rollback of regulations by you know by stim- it stimulates innovation and so really looking for those opportunities that are coming to to fill those gaps that occur would be an, another direction well what kind of innovation is it come spur though i don't want too many rollbacks if anything true, you want to go true. move
1: forward uh, to to raise the bar for more of a clean energy technology rather than going back to the 19th century, I'd prefer to have a 21st century energy economy. <laughs> right.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Made in America, 19th century. We could have our little fly, fly, fly slaughter. Okay. Uh, so so in 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 summing this summing all this up, uh, we have uh, the growth of of jobs because of deregulation of new 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 power sources, new whatever. Uh, so what else could you point to to summarize to give people who are listening uh, at, the, at the entry level for uh, launching their career? And those are at m- mid-level or senior level. What kind of advice can you give
1: these people? You know, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think we've got one sh- um, stop shopping at leaders in energy because we really do focus on leadership at all different generations uh, millennial gen x baby boomer world war two generation we feel that all the talent of the generations is really needed for clean energy so i guess in terms of of wrapping up here and kind of a call to action i would say first check out our website check out our community come to uh... some of our events where we are uh, assembling uh... professional uh... leadership and experts and uh... it's a Wonderful way to meet other, uh, other people that are, uh, have like-minded interests. You might find someone to have a, uh, collaborate with on a project. You know, how Beth and I ended up meeting one another or research or find out about a job opening. That's how several people have found out about jobs from coming to some of our activities. So I would say that would be number one. And then uh, you're very action-oriented too, Beth. And I think you were saying something about maybe a
2: personal commitment of what they could do
1: in, in their life or in totally. the community.
2: I agree. I think the second piece would be to find out a way that you could take action in some way, whether it's within your community. And I can think of, for example, uh, one individual recently who has been an active volunteer with the organization. And he mentioned that as part of his interview process in landing this new role. So you never know where even a small involvement could be parlayed into a, a professional opportunity. So definitely finding a way. We love to Stewart, so certainly if anyone's interested in learning more. But there are a lot of opportunities, community energy masters here in Arlington, and so many things that, that individuals can do. And so to get involved and, and learn about what might work for you is, I think, a great next step.
0: You before I forget, did you not have some events you want to tell us about and coming up? Well, and-
1: oh, thank you, Cynthia, always love to talk about future events coming up. And on the topic of clean tech and green tech at uh, the University of maryland, february twenty third, we will have a big clean energy and sustainability extravaganza where we'll be highlighting the programs of about seven different departments at the University of Maryland and have uh, clean tech businesses as well. Thank you so much, and more is on our website. Great. At com or dot .org, pardon me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I thought one thing I wanted to mention as you were talking about the uh, you know, what you can do to, to locate and identify and, and embrace the, the jobs that are in, in energy. I was uh, had lunch with a friend of mine, and her husband is uh, going to be gone for three weeks. Where he goes, and he's uh, inspecting the house, the buildings that are being torn down for environmental uh, uh, reasons, for environmental safety, et cetera. So it's it's everything from building to destroying. There's, there's oh, I'm so glad you mentioned
1: that because we didn't touch on a circular economy where instead of cradle to grave, we look at cradle to cradle. And how can you uh, use some of these materials back into the society um, so for uh, recycling and that kind of thing? Yeah, so recycling like is, buildings, uh, recycling is
0: uh, one subset of all of this. And I, I always hear and see people who are recycling everything to, uh, to make something new. And is that, is
1: that what you're talking about with recycling and the circular well, economy? in terms of um, community forklift. I know that they take a lot of old construction mm-hmm. debris and then they, they resell it for new construction. So exactly right. Yeah, yes. that's a
0: neat place to spend a day. I know. It took me a day to find it, but it was a neat place. Oh, you've been there. I've been there, yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. We had their CEO, Nancy Meyer, was one of our speakers about two years ago on sustainable facilities and circular economy. Yeah, fascinating yeah, what they're doing. You know, it
0: has a, a reputation uh, to itself. Yep. So uh, is, is there anything that you want to to, uh, wrap up with and and who can tell us and inform us and excite us about the
2: green economy that uh, you haven't told us already? Well, I would say one thing. I think this this keys on the recent book by Michael Bloomberg and uh, his colleague from the Sierra Club that really an emphasis on a climate of hope. I think, our, our the the work that Janine and I do together is really around helping people understand how they can take positive action in support of good things in the community and resilience and environmental well being and um, and success you know doing well by doing good and so um, if if our if your listeners are are interested in being a part of a community that has that kind of ethos and um connecting with others who share that that vision and that passion. We would love to meet them and have them get involved with us.
0: And so and so before because what is the name of
1: your organization and how do they get hold of you? The name of the organization is Leaders in Energy and they can easily get a hold of us at our website at leadersinenergy.org. Thank you very much. So uh, we we
0: welcome you uh, today, and we hope that you come back. And we hope that we have a a non distant future, a a more uh, panel discussion around some of these topics, and we'll we'll get going on this because I am also a tree hugger. So (laughs) great! I'd love to hear that. All right. Well, thank thank you you. for inviting
1: us. Thank you so much, Cynthia.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank
2: you for listening. Until the next time.